Welcome to another episode of Ask Alika. Had a full start then, but we're back. Hello, Beth. <laughs> hey, Zion. How you going? What good. We missed you. Oh, thanks. Missed Everyone. you guys too. Everyone's sick of me talking about my killer case studies, so uh, I'm glad to, have you, glad to have you back. We have a meaty awesome. episode today. What are we talking about, Beth? We are talking about something that may, at the outset, sound like it might be boring, but I promise you it is not. It is the very important topic of user testing. And it's just, I can't emphasize enough how important this is for every single every single business out there to be doing if they're yep. not already because it's... And, and the reason it's important, I think that's a really good place to start actually. The reason it's so important to get your users to tell you what they think of everything you're doing is because you are not capable of wiping your mind clean and getting rid of all the preconceived notions and ideas and all of the things you know already know about your company and your product. You can yeah. never, ever remove that now that it's in there. So any testing that you do yourself on your own product, it's, it's that ability to step outside that users have that you just don't have that, that objective look at your new website, your new campaign, your new piece of marketing. And that's why user testing is so critical. Yeah, and you're talking about, and we're talking about user testing from the viewpoint of a website, aren't we? In particular, yes, a lot of the tools that we're talking about are website-based tools. Some of them are useful for uh, testing, you know, the digital marketing tools as well. Yep. So they've got dual applications, but definitely if you yeah. haven't ever tested your website, uh, go do that right now. Or sorry, do it as soon as you finished listening to this podcast because after this podcast, you are going to have a bunch of tools at your fingertips, which is what we're going to be talking through today. The top, I think there's six tools that we use when we're testing yeah. uh, to just give you insane insight and results that you yeah. just wouldn't have otherwise. Because most people, that's what most people do, don't they? Like when they build a site, they, they just kind of guess. Yeah. And think, oh, this would be good to have on the homepage. This button should be good. This piece of information would be important. And then they, I mean, what's that based on? It's not based on data. Well, a lot of it's based on what you think is important and what you think your users want. But having your users actually tell you what they want is a very, very different thing. And that's where, you know, usability testing, UX testing, all the stuff that we're going to be talking about, it's quite so bloody important. So Sweet. get onto it, guys. Yeah, no, nah, I love it. <laughs> now, Okay, well, let's move on to what are some common user testing misconceptions, Beth? There are a few. And the first one is, and it's it's kind of counterintuitive. It's one that, that at, when you first hear it, doesn't make a lot of sense. But you shouldn't actually listen to your users. And the key word there is listen. Because what they tell you they want is probably inaccurate. And, in fact, what they predict they may want in the future is even more even less likely to be accurate. Yeah. But what they actually do, watching what your users actually do, that's totally different. Listening to them and watching what they do, that's the difference yeah. there. And that's where a lot of the tools that we're going to be talking through are all about watching what your users are doing, not what they say they think they're going to be doing. Ah, so what people say is not necessarily reflective of what the truth is. Well, yeah, what they what they're real life actions are such a good point yes so that's an important thing to keep in mind as we go through this the other one that a lot of people are surprised to hear when we when we do this with clients it's a it's a really interesting one every time it comes up and that's that you only you actually only need to test with five users to get some really good data and that's 
That's a surprising one. I can see it on your oh, face right now, Zion. He's going, is that true? Are you sure? That's cool. <laughs> and now that's actually come. That's not, we're not just saying that, just by the way. This is from uh, the Nielsen Norman Group. So they're widely held to be the absolute experts um, at the forefront of UX research. So they're an international group where, and they, if you haven't checked out their website, it's an absolute mine of UX information. Uh, so they've done a lot of studies over the years that have shown that five users will, five well-selected users, I should add, not just, they've got to be a good cross-section of all yeah. the different types of users that your site will encounter. Obviously, that's an important factor. But five users will uncover 85% of the usability errors on your site. Wow. And once you get up to about 15, you've uncovered 100% typically, and any further testing is only going to be repeat discoveries. So you're not actually going to learn any new information. So it's one of those things where there's this there's this idea that I think a lot of people have that you have to test with 50 or 100 different users and sit down and interview them all, and that's why it often doesn't get done because it seems like such a cumbersome task. So cool. But, yeah, actually, if you can just test five, test with five people, you're going to get – a huge amount of insight that you wouldn't otherwise. So cool. Yeah. Okay, so Nielsen Norman Group. Um, what else is there? So another great thing that people probably don't realize is that 88% of online consumers probably won't return to your site if they've had a bad experience. So if you haven't done wow. any of this testing and you haven't figured out if people are having a bad experience, if there are roadblocks, if there are reasons that your site's hard to use, if you haven't done any of this work, you could potentially be losing like 88% of your customer base. So it's kind of important, guys. Yeah. We would, we would strongly recommend it. So you kind of wasted that traffic. Absolutely. Yeah. So in terms of, you know, if you're getting a, a huge amount of traffic to your site, but no one can use it, it's such a waste of, of good quality digital marketing and, and website traffic. So it is. It's got a lot of benefits. No, that's nice. And it's yeah. really the planning. You know, it's like when you build a house, you want to plan it, you want to design it, you want the floor plan to be good. Yeah, it's um, the structural basis of it, isn't it? It's the same thing, yeah. Absolutely. So what we're going to do now is chat through a few tools that we use here. That And a lot of these are free tools that you can find or, or low-cost mm. ones. Um, some come at a bit more of a of a price, but it's good to it's still good to know that they exist. Obviously, if you don't know, you can't. Yeah. Can't even start to look. Um, so the main one, and this one we use every single day, every single one of our projects, it's a tool called Envision. So this, this one is a prototyping tool. So I think they're just envision.com um, is the, the URL for these guys. And they are basically every design we ever complete, every wireframe we ever complete, whether it's for a website or a brochure, or a logo, or an email newsletter, we put it into Envision because it's got this great facility where you can pop the design into into a new prototype, it's called, and then send that, share that link with, with other people in your organization or with, in our case, with your clients. And this link is a live link to the, the prototype and everyone can leave comments on it. So it allows for this group collaboration. It's really mm. easy to track, really easy to manage instead of, you know, the old school way of Emails sending. Emails back and forth. Oh, you know, and a, a Word document gets sent with a list of changes that you want made and then it gets sent back with bullet points underneath in different colors and it's just nightmare. a, oh, it's such a nightmare. And it's good for tracking um, because, you know, sometimes when you're trying to manage these things through email and even Basecamp, there's... Which is another tool we use, yeah, just fun fact. <laughs> hard to keep people accountable to what they've yeah. agreed on. Of course. You Whereas know, this is more straightforward because it's right there. You can see the comment they made on that 
call to action button, for yeah. example, that it, said make this red instead of green or whatever, and it's there. You know, exactly. You've got it all captured up. in one location. In one and, location. and like you said, if you're a marketing manager and, you know, your CEO comes to you and goes, oh, actually, I want to change this to a different color now. And you go, well, actually, you asked me to change it to that color in the first place. <sighs> got the ticket here in Envision. Yeah. So you've got something to back you up at least, which That's is right. uh, which is always a handy thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that is one tool we absolutely could not live without. Uh, one of the other ones we use pretty regularly is called Lucky Orange. I like this one. I think we've actually mentioned it before on the yeah, podcast. Probably, it's very cool. Yeah, probably more than six months ago, but it's essentially a heat mapping tool. So yeah, heat mapping, but also the it records what people do yeah. on the site. So you can actually press, like you can actually see all the different users. De-identified, on, of yeah, course. So mean, not, I can't see who's using the yeah, site, their name or address or the anything. The confidential details are, are hidden, so that's it's all ethical and legal. Mm-hmm. But you can actually click on a user and click a button, a play button, and then see what they've actually done and yeah. how they've navigated through the site. And what you can find is really fascinating because you might think, oh, the homepage is so user-friendly. Mm. And then, but it's not. This, you know, you might see find that users are really struggling. Mm. And they're constantly going to the search bar, for example. And they're constantly going to the search bar. That's a good sign that whatever they're looking for isn't easy to find. And we had this with one of our sites before it got upgraded. It was very, very long and a little bit confusing and we saw some users, this was years ago, some users struggling to navigate through the, the length of the scrolling mm. uh, and I remember we had a meeting about that saying we've got to do something because people are getting lost. Yeah. So it's just a cool tool like you can Absolutely. actually see what people are doing you on can. your site. You can. So it has quite a few different options um, this particular and it's this is just one there's there's hot jar there's, there's crazy egg there's, there's lots of variations them. one we specifically use is called lucky orange but there's lots of different what they're yeah, generally called is yeah, yeah they're generally called heat mapping tools though yep. and they allow you to see these heat maps of or where people hover their mouse the most so you can see yeah. where, where the hotspots are on your page you can see click maps so what sections yeah. of your site get the most clicks you can see scroll maps how many people scroll right to the bottom versus how many yeah. don't so it's, it's just it's really yeah. cheap as well it is super cheap definitely if so. you're not using the, that one probably I think of the list probably the most useful one I would be so. that one just clouds, it. and it's all cloud software yeah. cloud subscription like yeah. cloud stuff is so good like it's just exactly. pay as you go cancel the contract if you need to exactly super easy super mm. easy love brother. it love lucky orange Mm-hmm. So the next one, and now there's a f- again, this is a, f- a few different variations of what we're talking about for this one. So one we've used in the past is called usertesting.com. And this is a really awesome one because you can select users and you can essentially give them tasks to complete on, on your website. So you can say, I want 10 users to complete these five tasks on my site. And uh, what it yes. actually does is it actually records their interaction with that site, um, records the audio, records the visual of their screen and how they're moving across the screen. Yeah. And you can actually hear them talking through what they're thinking as they do it. And it's a really fascinating tool, this one, because you get this really strong anecdotal evidence, which is great for we've had this be really useful for communications teams and marketing teams to take to their executive or to their council or to their board to say, guys, we have solid evidence that a whole, like, you know, and it doesn't have to be many. Usually it's, we only recommend doing about 10 of these. 10 users have every single one of them found our homepage a nightmare to use. All of them yeah. got stuck on the very first task we asked them to complete. We need to do a refresh of our website. Love it. Yeah, just the evidence that you gather, the leverage that you gather from tools like this are so, so powerful it's ammunition really exactly and the user testing.com is just 
one. There's also others like validately.com, uh, clicktail.com. There's there's quite a few different yep. types of these tools you can use. Again, it's just about finding out which one's got the best, you know, payment plan and yeah. structure and, yeah. and features for whatever your needs are really. Awesome. Yeah. And then there is Optimal Workshop, other no, otherwise known as TreeJack. Yeah, so the particular tool we use in Optimal Workshop is TreeJack. It's the one we find by far the most useful. And this is for testing your uh, what we sometimes call the information architecture, otherwise known as your sitemap. Yep. So pages the, in your site. Yeah, all of the structures, the, the structure of all the pages in your site. So yep. this is another great one because you can set people tasks. It's super simple, little survey link that you could send to, say, 20 stakeholders and say, hey, everyone, um, just need you to take this really quick survey. There's no wrong answers. You send so it cool. out and say, if I were to tell you to find um, this piece of information, where would you look for it in in our sitemap? Yeah. And they then each each time for each question, um, a user just goes through and tries to figure out where they should uh, where they where they think the information would be most logically stored, and it will always surprise you. And how many users do you recommend actually fill out? the survey for that is it still it's, five or should it be more i mean for that one because so for some of these you have because you're using a tool it's actually a lot easier to do more so you could get 40 people to fill out the survey and you yeah. can get an aggregate of all those results and it's yeah. not a big imposition on you whereas if you're physically interviewing if you don't use the interviews five is all you need yeah. five to 15 is all you need if you're doing this kind of work, if you're using a tool like TreeJack, you could do 50 and it wouldn't take you any more time. So for something like this, depending on the tool you're using, yeah. absolutely you could do more. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So and the next one we have is Google Optimize. Yes, this is another which is one. also awesome. Yes. I think this is another one we might have mentioned in the past as well. So it's a, one of Google's many tools. Uh, it's fairly that, new though, isn't it? It is. It, it, I think it's out of beta now. I yeah, I think it's a, yeah, I think it was in beta for a while. Yeah, so it's one that essentially allows you to ch- to personalize your website. So it's a it's a website mm. personalization tool. So you can show different versions of your site to, to different users yeah. coming to your site to see which version works the best. Yeah, which one gets the best conversions, gets the longest time on page, gets the most uh, you know, click-throughs to the the next page that you want them to go to. So, like, if you want to show, just for the, the guys out there who might be struggling to understand this, because I know it's a podcast and you're listening to all this technical stuff, even though Beth's very good at explaining it, um, you know, you've got a homepage, for example, you've got a banner image, right? And you want to see how well, like, you want to see another, you want to test that banner image with another one. You, yeah, you might be compare thinking, them. You want to compare them, right? You might be, th- like, you might have an image of, um, two people drinking wine, right? You might be selling homes, for example, yeah. two dr- people drinking wine in a, in a nice house. And you might think, oh, you know what? Maybe that banner image is not going to work as well as another one. Mm-hmm. So you might swap that with another one, which might be the exterior of a house. Yeah. And then you might test the two. You can yeah. actually use Google Optimize to do that. Exactly. So you can you. show 50% of the people that visit your yes. site, the original, and then 50% of people, the uh, the exterior version. Yes. And from there, you get all the stats that will tell you actually – of of the people that visited this version, uh, you got a you know twenty percent increase in conversions or, or in follow through yep. on this particular version versus the other one. So good. So then you know which one's actually working for you. And the reason why this is good because you don't need to 
go into the code to do this. So yeah. Google Optimize is actually very straightforward. Mm. It actually, you don't it's have to... It's front-end only. Yeah, it's front-end. So that's a that's a game-changer, actually. Mm. It's expensive to do that at the code level and risky. This this does everything at a very at a design level. It takes away that heartache from you, so you don't need developers necessarily, mm. which is cool. It's very cool. So that's not as cool, though, as the next one we're going to talk about, which I think is by far the coolest thing, coolest kind of testing anyone could do. And this is one of the ones that is not quite as cheap and um, easy to access. One million dollars. Uh, <laughs> not quite. Okay, it's not that bad. But it's so it's biometric testing, and it's something <laughs> that we're just starting to, to dive into here. And I won't lie, I think our, our UX expert is um, had heart palpitations when we, when we took him to Kurt to show him this he got very excited <laughs> because basically we're actually partnering with uh curtin university we we have a strong partnership with them we take a lot of interns from them we guest lecture at their at the uni um so the marketing school and we are now partnered with the uh, luxury brand research center yeah. which has this amazing set of biometric tools that essentially you can hook up to a person uh so you, there's a set of glasses that the person wears they also have you know mobile app testing devices as well that essentially allow the the researchers to not only track physiological responses so you know how fast your breath is what your heartbeat what your heart rate is but also facial expressions and emotions so this tech is so bloody cool that it can actually analyze emotional responses to to products and to campaigns so i won't mention the name of this quite high profile uh wa company but basically, they while they were in, in the midst of developing a campaign that's currently running at the moment, um, a, quite a few months ago now, while they were in development, they took it to Curtin and in this in this the luxury brand research lab, they did a whole bunch of tests to identify pride, whether or not this particular that was that was the goal of the campaign was to instill pride in members uh, of this particular service. And so they tested 40 non-members and 40 members. And in the non-members, no, the te- none of the technology was able to pick up any emotional response of pride. But in all of the members, a very high percentage huh. had that reading. So they were able to see quite clearly that the the you know the goal of this entire campaign was actually having the emotional response response that they wanted which i mean if you're you know in a marketing team there's you can't get much happier than that that's knowing crazy. that it's actually working it's taking user testing to the next level oh it is looking at their facial reading their facial expressions and but not Heartbeat, just facial expressions breath, like yeah algorithmically determining your your emotional response which is so cool it's and ridiculous i mean for you know taking it back a step that's pretty pretty advanced stuff but even just you know having someone using a mobile application and using an eye tracking device to see where their eyes go uh, on the screen yeah. is really interesting to see and if where prob- someone looks and probably yeah. like if they're if the eyes are flipping around frantically it'd be yeah. like okay they're getting confused they're panicking exactly. they hate this site wouldn't it be so bad if your website made people angry. <laughs> like, like in the <laughs> test game, I go, yeah. your site makes people mad. Yeah, I've been to those sites before. Uh, so <laughs> it, it does happen. We've all been to a, a horrible... Or you sad, know, mad or sad. Yeah, a horrible e-commerce <laughs> site that you can't figure out how to purchase anything from. All you want to do is buy the thing. <laughs> that would be the worst. I know, but that's all right, hopefully. Well, that... I'm sure none of none of our clients have sites like that. And I'm sure no listeners do. Let's but... hope not. Yes. Unless they've had a site that was built in 2008 and they haven't... Yeah. They haven't 
upgraded it yet. That could. I'm sure that, that will cause, it. cause a lot of madness. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move on to this next bit, which is the DFES case study. Yeah, so the Department of Fire and Emergency Services is a, a client of ours that we did a huge amount, a really big UX project. Plug. Yeah, yep. plug. We did an awesome project. Um, <laughs> we actually, we're, we're super proud of this one. It's um, We're in the middle of, of actually creating this as a formal case study on our site because it was a really, mm. not only was it a great result, but a really interesting product to work on. So, so good. It's essentially what we needed to create was for firefighters when they're in, a, in the middle of responding to an incident. So, you know, a fire, uh, pretty serious kind of situation going on. <laughs> what they need, what they needed was a an, a massive major upgrade to the the basically they have this device that sits in the fire truck on the mm-hmm. on, in the, the you know front seat that the, the fireys need to use to identify what they're going to encounter once they get to that incident. Mm-hmm. So they need to be able to see a whole bunch of complex information but they need to see it under pretty stressful circumstances. So it's pretty chaotic when you're driving a truck at high speed towards a fire and it could be the middle of the night, it could be sunny as anything, the truck's moving, the user's moving. What we had to do was actually test under all of those different circumstances to see if our platform that we designed Mm. was going to hold up. So what that meant was that the guys got to have a bit of fun. So the initial testing that we did was on site with – with the department where we actually had some of the fireys uh, using using a prototype and we were just like shining spotlights in their eyes or we were shining spotlights on the screen or we were rattling their chair around while they were sitting on a chair trying to use it because we had to see if it was actually able to easily be used while all that stuff was happening. So that was the first round of testing. Then we got to step it up a notch and actually some of our team got to ride in a fire truck uh, taking notes and interviewing the guys while they were responding to a, a fake incident, I should say. Yeah. There was no actual fire. Um, same thing what, under all these different conditions when it was really bright, when they were speeding, all this kind of stuff. So what the result of that was, though, and it's it, this is pretty detailed, in-depth user testing we're talking about here, and it's, it's the kind that you wouldn't do for every project, obviously, and, and for a lot of people it's not, not super relevant, <sighs> but... In this particular instance, it was really relevant. We needed to test under all these crazy circumstances to actually see if it was going to work. And I think it's pretty safe to say that it's worked very well because we've got rave reviews from all of the firefighters that have been using it. it. Yeah. That's so, so cool. Yeah. So that's a really interesting little case study and an example of how user testing can can just go yeah. in a completely different direction depending on what you need. You can go crazy crazy with it. But there's you there's you know, going back to some of the simpler stuff, there's there's a lot of simple stuff you can do. I think tree jack is you know, going back to what's simple like Tree Jack and Lucky Orange probably. Tree Jack and Lucky Orange ones. are the two easiest ones, you yeah. know. Set, no technology needed. Nah. Yeah. I mean Tree Jack you set up a bunch of questions about um you know, example one, if you were looking for um, the XYZ page, where, where's Where the first place, yeah. you'd go and then multi-choice, right? Que- yeah. You know, you might have like five questions, right? And then you send it out to five people yeah. by email. Easy. And incentivize them 
to get it done. You know, give a piece of chocolate if they do the test. <laughs> you know, that'll give you so much information already. Yeah. So before yeah. you start building a website, I reckon it's good to do stuff like that. Yeah. Lucky Orange um, as well. You don't even orange. need to actually send that to anyone because it just tracks the data of everyone currently using your site. Just, so there's no imposition yeah. at all. You just get that feedback whether people want to give it to you or not. And like I said, so it's good. de-identified. So you're not, yeah. you're not risking anyone's privacy. You just get all that amazing data yeah. about how people are using it. Yeah, no. Yeah, Lucky Orange is the same. Just install it. Yeah. Pay for it. Install it. Done. It's Piece of code. Cheap. Away you go. Yep. Yeah, do it, guys. Awesome. So hopefully at the end of this podcast, we have been able to convince you that user testing is really cool and not boring at all and you should totally be doing it. Yep. <laughs> do user testing. I'm convinced now. It's, uh, it, yeah, it's phenomenal. It is. Um, so look, hope you enjoyed that. Hope you learned something. Until next Tuesday, peace. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.